Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and today we are getting very practical, and I am excited about that. This episode comes with a disclaimer. It's not for language. It's not for content. It is for ego. If you think you know the basics, you still need to hear this. For real. Let me tell you why. I am currently in week three of my summer fat loss fast track groups. And there are a couple different groups, actually three groups, but they split into two ways. There's my veteran groups, which are two levels, and my rookie group. Rookies, first time through. Veterans, they've been through at least one 12-week fat loss fast track group. And within those veteran groups, one of the things I started doing is personalized journal reviews every two to three weeks or so. So since we're in week three, I just wrapped up my first set of journal reviews for my veteran groups, all right? Now, these are people who, for the most part, listen to the podcast. And even if they didn't, they've been through the first round, the first 12 challenges of the rookie group. And for some of them, this is actually their third because they're in veterans level two, but suffice it to say... They've been around the block and they are familiar with the basics. They know what a fat loss breakfast means and what it doesn't mean. They understand what I call the golden rules of carbs and fat loss, but they are not consistently implementing. Now, some of them are. Don't get me wrong. My veterans are listening. I'm not calling you out. I'm talking about a trend that I saw doing these journal reviews and I decided everybody needs to kind of touch base with yourself and the basics. Because anytime we approach any change, we drift from the basics. And sometimes we need a little gut check. So whether you have never established some of these basics, or you had them for a while and you've drifted, or you're not really sure if you're nailing it, this episode is for you. If you're trying but not seeing results, it's for you. If you're not trying and not seeing results. It's for you. If you want results but don't know where to start, it's for you. This is for all of you, even if you think you know it all, all right? Whether you're in a plateau or you feel like you're in a rut, call it what you want. That is what we are tackling today. I'm going to start with the very most basic and then go a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper with each subsequent recommendation. The first thing I want everybody to do a gut check with is, are you journaling? Yes or no? Are you journaling? Now, lots of people, when I talk about journaling or tracking, they think I mean counting calories and weighing and measuring. Some of you know that's not what I mean, but some of you don't know that's not what I mean. 
That's not what I mean. I am not talking about calorie counting, and I am also not just talking about food. Journaling is about writing down what you eat, how much you eat, roughly, not weighing and measuring, and when. But it's about so much more than that, because think about the things that drive our food choices. Maybe breakfast this morning was very much influenced by the fact that you overslept or that your fridge was empty. Maybe dinner last night was very much influenced by the fact that it was your husband's birthday, right? Or that you were traveling with your kid to look at colleges. So when we journal, it begins with the black and white, are you writing down what you eat, how much, and when? And are you considering those other factors? Because some people will be like, yeah, 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 I'm journaling. And some of these journals I got and I was like, okay, yeah, you're journaling, but you're not journaling well. So the first part of the question is, are you documenting these things? What you eat, how much and when, and then other related factors, your energy, your sleep, your stress, circumstances, how food makes you feel in terms of do you feel like you want to take a nap? 30 minutes later, do you feel full of energy? Are you hungry 10 minutes after you ate? Those kinds of things. Are you journaling? And then number two is, are you journaling well? Like it matters. Or like you're just going through the motions and trying to get it done as quick as possible. Because it's easy for me to see when I'm looking at somebody's journal, somebody that's really invested in the process and somebody that's not. Now, that does not mean that journaling should take an hour a day. I don't think it needs to even take 10 minutes. But there is a difference between like carrots, salad, bread, rice, chicken, bed. And there is a difference between in the Fat Loss Fast Track, there's some questions along the left side of the daily tracking page. There's a difference between one or two words that just repeat themselves every single day in the same way and really giving it thought. Are you journaling like it matters to you? Because here's the thing. Number one, when we journal, we are paying more attention. And one of the big reasons we don't make progress is because we're just not paying that much attention. Whether it's a handful of stuff here or, you know, it's that you didn't realize, you know, how many coffees you drink with cream and sugar in a day or you didn't realize just how many times you were going back to the kitchen after dinner. Number one, that brings awareness. And number two, you're paying attention. It feels a little bit different to make those choices when you know you're going to sit there and write them down, whether anybody sees it or not, and when there's no accountability to yourself or to anybody else. So writing it down helps us pay attention. Helps Helping us pay attention helps us in the moment to kind of gut check, do I need this? Do I want this? And it allows us to see where and how we can improve. Too often, we are seeking out somebody else's improvement. Just tell me what to eat and when to eat and how much to eat. When really, a much more effective approach is, where do I need to improve? And it is very hard to get a good read on that if you are not journaling. So are you journaling and are you journaling like it matters? Okay. The second thing is, once you, and then as I go through these Please do not think that I'm saying you need to do all of these right now. If you're not journaling, start there. If you're journaling but you're not journaling well, start there. If you're journaling and you feel like you're journaling well, then my next question is, what about hunger? 
in many of these journals I've been looking at, people are not making note of their hunger. I see comments like, wanted chocolate, so I grabbed a granola bar, right? Or wanted something sweet, so I had a plum. And my question is, are you even aware of whether or not you're hungry and how hungry you are? Are you even aware of what meals satisfy you for the longest and what things don't satisfy you at all? I've given the example a million times of clients who, you know, have a protein bar at two in the afternoon and then another one at four. And I'm like, how hungry are you when you have those? I'll say, I'm pretty hungry. Okay, well, for how long when you eat that does it satisfy your hunger? I don't know. I always want another one right away. I have to like resist eating three or four. Okay, so if you were paying attention to how hungry you were before you ate it and how hungry you were after you ate it, you would know for yourself that's not really an effective snack for you because it's not satisfying your hunger, right? So knowing what foods don't work for you is part of why it matters so much to pay attention to hunger. But the other part of it is eating when you're not hungry. So often, We eat because we're bored and we'll feel good about it because maybe we chose something that's healthy or something we deem fat loss friendly. But the reality is there is nothing that is ideal when you're not hungry because your body doesn't need fuel. And what happens when you give your body fuel that it doesn't need? It has to be stored, right? So when I talk about paying attention to hunger, I'm talking about just assessing it. And it begins with just make a simple note of when you notice that you're ravenously hungry. And maybe you rate that on a scale of one to five or one to 10. Or similarly, if you notice, geez, it's like noon and I'm not hungry at all. Make note of that because it really, really matters. And as you get familiar with this, just start. Just start and do it. And much of your learning will come from your practice, not from my podcast, right? But as you do it, what you'll find is when you find yourself in the kitchen at 9 p.m. going for a handful of crackers, you'll be like, I'm not hungry. I just feel like eating. Okay, so then is the cracker worth knowing that you're giving your body fuel when it doesn't need it? Or is it not worth it and you probably should just wait until morning, right? I can't answer that question for you, but those are the kinds of questions that you will train yourself to think when you are in the habit of practicing this evaluation. Yesterday is a perfect example for me. So I knew that I was going to be gone for most of the day. So after my workout, I had what was for me a fairly large first meal. But still, that was at maybe like, I don't know, 9.30 in the morning, maybe 10. And at four in the afternoon, I hadn't eaten anything. And I was like, God, I really need to eat. And I was able to pause and say, I'm not hungry right? So I don't need to stop for my two-hour drive home and make sure that I have food. I just need to pay attention to if and when I get hungry. And realistically, then that probably means I'll be just hungry enough for dinner when I get home. But oftentimes we have this sense of I should eat without giving consideration. Like yesterday, I had a really big breakfast. So really, I probably didn't need to eat something, but I had this sense like, gosh, it's been a really long time since I've eaten. I should eat. Or we get that sense because it's the time we typically do eat without asking the question, well, how hungry am I? So part of it is about being able to gauge whether or not it's worth it to give your body fuel it doesn't need. But the other part of it is about being able to identify what foods work for you and what foods don't. 
Protein bars, as a general rule, don't work for me or most in terms of satisfying hunger, so I stay away from them. And assessing hunger has helped me realize which meals satisfy me the most for the longest so I can be strategic based on when and how often I want to eat on a given day. So that is really, really important. Journaling, number one, journaling well, and then paying attention to hunger. The next thing that I really noticed doing these journal reviews for my veterans was about breakfast. What you eat to break your overnight fast, whether that is at 8 a.m., 5 a.m., noon, 2, doesn't matter. It matters. So it doesn't matter what time, but it matters what you eat, right? And I've done a bunch of episodes on what a fat loss breakfast is and means and the hormones that go into it. I will link to those episodes in the show notes like Q&A 6, episode 115. There's a bunch of them. You can find the links over on primalpotential.com, show notes episode, a show notes page for this episode, or you can just search breakfast on primalpotential.com and they'll come up. Um, But let's kind of start at the very beginning here, all right? If your breakfast currently is fast food or pastry or cereal, you have options for improvement, right? One is to immediately go listen to Q&A 6 and 115 and whatever else is out there and adopt those fat loss breakfast principles. Totally an option, right? And I'll go into that. So hang on tight. We'll go there. The other option, though, is to eat less of whatever you're currently having. I am... The name of my game is not, this is the path. The name of my game is, what can you learn from yourself and what represents an improvement for you, okay? So how can you improve the breakfast you're currently having? One option, if you're not getting results, is to eat less, okay? I've shared with you before that one of my approaches when I first started losing weight was make a smaller order at Chick-fil-A in the morning where I would stop to get breakfast on my way to work. That was very real. Initially, I was getting chicken minis and hash browns and a chicken biscuit and a Diet Coke. And I started saying, it's chicken minis or a chicken biscuit, but not both. That's great. It was an improvement for me, and that's awesome. So if you are currently having a muffin and a latte, you don't necessarily have to switch to an omelet. You can have three quarters of the muffin, and that's awesome. When we eat less, no matter what it is, right, when we are talking about consuming less, less of those starchy carbs, less of those sugars, we see less of a blood sugar increase and less of an insulin response. That's awesome. But here's the challenge. That approach, the approach that I started with with a smaller Chick-fil-A order, is not going to do much for hunger and cravings except maybe make them worse. That approach, I'm just going to eat less of whatever I'm eating now, is really the willpower approach. Okay, because if we are eating foods that trigger hunger and cravings at times that trigger hunger and cravings, like starting your day with a muffin and a latte, and we just eat less of them, chances are we're probably going to be more hungry. We might not have more cravings, but we probably won't have fewer. So that approach is really a willpower approach, not a strategy approach. I'm just going to eat less and tough it out and I'm going to be hungry, but dang it, tough. Doesn't usually end well. And there's an easier way. And the easier way is choosing foods that decrease hunger and decrease decrease cravings and give you more sustained energy. Here's the thing. Those foods are different for everyone. 
We'll talk about that in just one second. But maybe your approach is, let's say you're not having a fat loss breakfast at all. You are a cereal person, a muffin person, a bagel person, a oatmeal person, fruit person. Maybe you go from your current breakfast strategy to having a fat loss friendly breakfast three times a week right? Or if you're currently really working on that fat loss breakfast and you've got it down four times, five times a week, maybe you go for implementing it one weekend day as well, right? There is no perfect path. Don't worry about the perfect path. It's irrelevant. Go for your path. If you're having multiple sugar and starchy things at breakfast, drop one of the ones you enjoy the least, right? If you're doing an English muffin and fruit and sugar in your coffee, Which one do you enjoy the least? And maybe you let that go. There are lots of ways to approach this. And again, I will link to the episodes where I explain the importance of limiting sugar and starch first thing in the morning um, in in any form, right? I'm talking also about oatmeal and fruit. Yes. And if you're like, I thought that was my healthy breakfast, please listen to Q&A 6, episode 116 or 116, I think. But I will link to them in the show notes or just go to primalpotential.com and search breakfast. I'm not going to go into the rationale here because I've done that before. But when we are talking about the fat loss breakfast, we will talk about what that is and how it's different for different people. So you could approach fat loss breakfast from the standpoint of non-starchy vegetables and protein and fat. That would be like an omelet, right? You've got protein and fat in the eggs. You've got non-starchy veggies in there. Um, Your non-starchy veggies would be things like broccoli, cauliflower, peppers, uh, tomatoes, um, you know, I said peppers already, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, cauliflower, anything like that. Just staying away from, you know, your potatoes, your sweet potatoes, things like that. Um, Or the cabbage salad bowl that I've posted on my website, which is a huge favorite of people in the Fat Loss Fast Tracks, which is basically... You can cook your cabbage. I don't. I do raw shredded cabbage with bacon and eggs and avocado, right? So you've got your non-starchy veggies and your protein and your fat. That is one approach to the fat loss breakfast. The other approach is skip the non-starchy veggies. They don't sit well in my stomach in the morning or I don't prefer to eat them in the morning. I'm not craving them in the morning and just do protein and fat. An example of that would be bacon and eggs or a protein shake that is low sugar, low starch, to which you add maybe avocado or coconut, something like that. Another approach is just fat. The most common example here that people want to play around with is bulletproof coffee. The reason that I say it's different for everybody is because some people will have bulletproof coffee and say, oh my gosh, I feel amazing and I wasn't hungry for hours and I had tons of energy. And other people are like, is this supposed to be a meal? Because like I'm hungry, right? There's nothing wrong with you. It's just that we respond differently to different things. There was a time when bulletproof coffee worked very well for me. It doesn't really anymore. And I think it's because I'm leaner now. I think it's because I'm more active now. I think it's because my metabolism has healed a little bit and I do better with some bulk. I do better with option number one of the non-starchy veggies, fat and protein. I don't do as well with just fat. And I also don't do as well with just protein and fat, like bacon and eggs or a shake with uh, coconut or avocado in it. I'm still kind of hungry, right? So look at what would be an improvement for you there, all right? Look at your breakfast. What would be an improvement? The next level, if you've got that down and you've got it down consistently, look at, in your journal, 
what are you doing to your blood sugar throughout the day, right? People can get into trouble here because maybe they sprinkle some snacks with sugar here or there. It's a little bit of dark chocolate here. It's some chocolate covered nuts here. It's a couple of crackers here. It's a piece of candy here. It's maybe some alcohol plus starch with dinner, a little bit of fruit. One way to approach this is to get really committed to what I call the golden rules of carbs and fat loss. You can listen in detail to what that means in episode 195, which again, I will link to in the show notes for this episode over on primalpotential.com. One way to approach that is just simple. And I personally, for my life, like simple. If I do carbs, I do them at night. I pick one. I have one serving. Boom, done. I'm good to go, right? But that might feel like a really big leap for you. And that's okay. You don't have to make that leap. You can take it in a more gradual way, right? Another way to approach this is to look at your journal and see how many times you're indulging on an average day and then set a target that represents an improvement for you, right? When I was doing these journal reviews, I was like, how about if you're going to do the donut that somebody brought into work, that that's the night you don't have the sweet potato at dinner, or that's the night you don't drink wine, or if you know you want to drink wine that evening, maybe that's when you pass up on the donut, right? Set a standard for yourself and really work towards what represents an improvement for you. You can go the route of, I am going to implement the golden rules of carbs and fat loss consistently because I really, really want this progress, or you go the route of, let me take a look at what I'm doing and what represents an improvement for me. One strategy that I suggested to one of my clients is get really clear on what indulgences are worth it and what indulgences are not worth it. What I mean by that is if she was finding herself, you know, eating this here or there off her kid's plate or having something sweet at work because somebody brought it in and then writing, it wasn't really worth it. So there are some things we know from experience that just aren't worth it. Maybe eating off your kid's plate is the example of that. Maybe for you, um, beer is an example of that. A great glass of wine, yeah, but beer, not so much. Write down what indulgences are worth it and what indulgences aren't so that that's in your head, so that the next time you're offered up something that you said, yeah, the last couple bites of whatever is on my kid's plate, totally not worth it. Totally not worth it. Or again, maybe you look and say, all right, I'm having some kind of indulgence every day. And for this next week, my target is four indulgences in the week, right? And that's going to help you be more selective. It's also going to help you make more progress. So if you are unsure of what some of these basics look like, if you are unsure of what constitutes a fat loss breakfast or how you could implement the golden rules of carbs and fat loss, please for your own benefit, head over to primalpotential.com, click the podcast tab, go to the show notes page for this episode, and you will find the links to those episodes there and just spend some time with them. But at the very beginning, journal and journal like you care. All right, so I opened up Ascend ticket sales to the waitlist. If you just joined the waitlist and you're like, ah, I missed it, I will resend that email before I open it up to the masses. So if you just got on the waitlist and haven't seen the Ascend info, I will resend it to the waitlist before I open it up to the masses. So if you want to get one of those tickets to the live weekend workshop in November, make sure you're on that waitlist, primalpotential.com forward slash 
Ascend 17, A S C E N D 17. Um, there are only 80 tickets, so I would highly recommend being on the wait list if you know you want to be there. And if you have any questions, read through what I send to the wait list, and then we can chat if there's anything that you are still left wondering. But I would love the chance to spend some time with you, help you take your life to the next level, and uh, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be really great. I hope you guys have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.